As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpohl. Poll. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. And of course, as always, you can download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. So today's episode is a really interesting one. We're going to be speaking with Vova Feldman of Freemius. Uh, Freemius is a monetization service for WordPress technologies like plugins and themes, and I'll let Vova talk about that more in a minute. But welcome, Vova, to the show. Thank you so much, David. I'm really excited to be at the show. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you on here. And I remember the last time we hung out was actually at WordCamp Europe 2017 in Paris. And we had co-sponsored a party there at a Paris bar. Uh, and it had this really kind of underground catacomb feeling basement. And we had probably 30 or 40, maybe more uh, plug-in and theme developers. Uh, do you remember that night, Vova? Yeah, of course. It was really great night. I think we got a really good vibe and feedback. The place was kind of surprising for all of us, but I think it played well, especially because no one had any uh, signal there. So people were kind of focused, you know, chatting with each other, uh, having good interactions, potentially partnering. So it was a good crowd of like-minded people in the same place. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the cell signal. I don't know what we were thinking, holding an event for a bunch of plug-in and theme developers with no uh, Wi-Fi or cell signal, but it was really kind of a testament, I think, to 
uh, how everyone's there really to support each other and the fact that they were able to put their phones down for an evening and uh, kind of get to know each other. So that was a good time. Uh, work camp uh, Europe was awesome. Yep, so, uh, definitely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I just said most definitely. It was great. Awesome. So um, for today's episode, what we're going to be exploring is the plugin and theme economy. Um, you know, WordPress has changed a lot since it was first released, I think in 2005, if I get that right. Um, and I mean, it's 2003. Um, but, you know, it's it started, of course, more focused towards blogging and 2010-ish uh, custom post types and custom fields really started to turn it into a more powerful CMS. Um, since then, we've had um, the evolution of WordPress to include things like the REST API, um, technologies like WPCLI, um, and WordPress has evolved, right? It's much different than it was in the past. And along with that evolution, of course, plugins and themes have also had to evolve their business models, how they provide their technologies. And Vova, I wanted to interview you here today um, because of how connected you are to that ecosystem. So if there's companies out there thinking about getting into making a plugin or possibly themes, uh, Vova, your business, Freemius, helps um, people monetize those efforts. And you have a, a very kind of hands-on experience with helping people with monetization and growing their products. Um, but before we jump into more about Freemius, I'm kind of curious. I asked this actually of every guest. I'm curious, your story. What is your WordPress origin story? How did you first become exposed to WordPress? Sure. So like many people, I was exposed to WordPress by an accident kind of thing. So back in 2010, uh, I was doing a lot of interesting stuff in my startup related to natural language processing. And I wanted to share that with the world. So uh, I was thinking, okay, maybe I, I will write a blog, but I was really, you know, a hardcore developer. I was not aware about existing content management systems like WordPress. So for me, building a blog was basically co coding it. So I started to craft a list of things that I wanted uh, to have in my blog, uh, different components like comments. I wanted to have social sharing, um, so I had different widgets, different companies that provided these solutions like discuss for comments or add this for social sharing. But I also knew that um, since I'm writing content, I want to get feedback on that content. And most people are lazy to write comments. The conversion rate to comments is really low. So I want to have some rating solutions so people can just tell me, okay, okay I like this content or I disliked it with the stars. Um, so I couldn't find any solution for that. And uh, instead I said, okay, let's build something like that. So I started a side geek that's called Rating Widgets. Uh, it was very simple, a piece of JavaScript that you copy paste and just put it on your website and you have a rating solution um, that solves the backend and everything. You don't need to develop any of that. Uh, and I still didn't get to the WordPress thing. And I managed back then to uh, to buy the domain rating-widget.com and fairly quickly I started to get feedback from people because I had like uh, a contact form there um, and people started to tell me different suggestions, feature requests. And in the beginning of 2011, uh, I started to get more and more requests from people saying, hey, this is really cool what you've built, but I'm using this thing called WordPress 
I don't know how to take JavaScript and put it into WordPress. Maybe you can build a plugin. So after I received a bunch of these requests, I realized, okay, let's read, see what is WordPress. And this is basically how I was first exposed to the, the ecosystem and the whole CMS and how huge is this environment. Um, so that this is basically my WordPress story. That's really interesting. You know, a lot of people um, are exposed to WordPress, you know, maybe through a freelancing uh, exercise or they inherit it, you know, a technology stack at a company they work for. Um, you know, in our last episode, Tanya Mork of Know the Code um, had adopted or kind of run across WordPress trying to create a website to expose um, her, I think it was her consulting business. But you were actually a product maker on the web and uh, basically was res- were responding to feature requests. That's actually a really interesting origin story. So you're making uh, this rating widget. The customers are saying, I need WordPress stuff. And I'm assuming eventually you make a WordPress plugin. And I want to fast forward a little bit now, though, to, to Freemia. So you've you've been in the product business for a while on the web. You start around 2011-ish, I guess, making your first plugin. Um, and since then, though, you've you've started Freemius. Could you tell us a little bit about what Freemius is and and why did you start it? Like, what are you trying to solve for? Sure. So Rating Widget was a side thing. It was a hobby pet project that I ran. Uh, in parallel with a different startup that I was running back then. I was a CTO and co-founder of a different company that was acquired back in 2014. Um, And I left the company in uh, 2013, in the middle of 2013, and was thinking what's going to be the next big thing that I want to do. And I added some analytics to rating widget to see, because I didn't have time to add analytics, see how many users using that. And I realized that we had like 70,000 registered users. Uh, So I did some research and decided to focus on that and basically take the project and turn it to a commercial solution. So I joined with another guy and we spent a year full-time work taking rating widgets from a side thing, something that I built in like two weekends of my spare time into fully commercial solution. And fairly quickly, we started to make money uh, and sustain ourselves. But what was interesting to see is after we finished, uh, like after this year, we looked back and we realized that the product, the core ratings didn't really change. And everything we were focused at was the commercial components um, of the business, which has nothing to do to rating widget at all. And every plugin developer, theme developer needs them if they want to turn their solution into commercial. And this is what kind of, you know, was our aha moment seeing that, okay, there is some problem in the ecosystem because it's fairly easy to build plugins and themes. It's code that you write, submit it to the repository, uh, and people start using that which is relatively easy, but if you want to take that and turn it to a fully commercial solution, it's a whole big, whole different story. It's way more complex and time-consuming. Uh, and this is basically how we started with Firmius. Uh It was from, you know, scratching your own each kind of thing. Uh, we realized there is a big problem and big opportunity in the market, and there is a reason why so many developers are not monetizing but they do want to monetize because 
they all wish to work on their pet projects uh, as a full-time thing. Uh, you know, instead of working in um, in corporates. So you saw so this, this opportunity. Sorry to interrupt, Vova, but you saw this opportunity uh, through your own experience with rating widget with your rating widget, and such that the monetization or the commercialization of the product was actually a huge challenge, just even beyond and, and much different than the original challenge of creating um, the plugin or the solution itself. And that was the problem fundamentally that you were uh, that you are addressing with Freemius. So I'm really interested to hear about like what life was like then for plugin and theme developers, like what challenges were they addressing and how that's changed since then. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'm going to ask you that very question. So uh, hang on tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This only on Cranberry.fm. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. We're here with Vova Feldman of Freemius. And before the break, Vovo is telling us a little bit about the work he does at Freemius, helping WordPress product and theme providers, uh, developers help commercialize their solution, um, take it to market, and uh, turn it into a service or product um, that customers can actually use and pay money for. So, Vova, um, we were talking a little bit and kind of wanted, I wanted to know and explore like what life was like back then. Like, how did back in 2010 and 11, how were plugin and theme developers commercializing their products? And then, how has that changed since that time period? So, that's actually really interesting. Uh, question because the economy is really changing from what we see and had a big jump from really premature ecosystem to still prim- still not very mature, but it's maturing today. Uh, back when we started, it was the end of 2014, most developers 
we're mainly doing um, what we call an unlimited or lifetime licenses, which means that you pay once for the product and get it for life and you get uh, support for life. You can use it on as many websites as you want. Um, that's what we've seen a lot happening back then. Uh, I would say that 2015, 2016, many developers started to get more into uh, limiting the license to like one year of updates and support. And then if you want to get more updates and support after that year, you need to renew the license. And the renewals were manually. And we see a trend that is, I hope that we actually um, push towards that direction is automatic renewals uh, or subscriptions. So basically the um, customer subscribe to the product, everything is automatically renewed. And if you want to stop paying, stop getting the updates and support, you can just cancel the subscription. So this is interesting. This is kind of interesting, Vova, because, you know, when, when we rewind the clock back, to that 2014 timeframe, I think you said. You said it was very common. Of course, I remember this, and it's still true on some level, is that some solution providers would give you kind of this lifetime license, it's unlimited sites, non-recurring revenue, monetizing through upgrading support and stuff like that, kind of service-oriented. Um, why do you think it wasn't as pre- prevalent back then to have subscription billing models? Like, why do you think the, commu- uh, the community of developers making these things just out of the gate went with this very liberal licensing approach? What was it? What do you think was driving that? I think the the core of WordPress is kind of founded on the concept of democratizing publishing and you know open source and Many people in the community for years associated the word open source with free, which is not necessarily true. And also, if you look on today's, even the most successful uh, WordPress plugin and theme businesses, many of them are developers, are not business people. They just embarked by, by chance into the whole ecosystem because many of them were first or did the things, did some things in the right way. And, you know, they just follow the crowd. They never thought from the business perspective. And now we see that people, first of all, more business-oriented people are getting involved into the ecosystem. Uh, we try to to do a lot of education uh, on our blog, freemuse.com slash blog, to bring uh, best practices uh, from regarding to the business side and the economy from outside WordPress. Um, so I think that that's mainly the reasoning because people just embarked into that ecosystem and became business owners without any business background and without thinking about the consequences of the type of licenses that they were selling. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, a lot of tools really shift in that direction and even some uh, blowback and feedback from loyal customers who were used to kind of these unlimited licensing models. Now, obviously, um, you know, I guess nobody likes to pay, but what are the benefits of, of this shift in the ecosystem? If, if m- there's more of a business focus, if there's more subscription-based billing models, um, what is the benefit? Like, how does it help the end user? How does it help the plugin developer other than giving them more money? Like, who cares? Like, if, if it's just giving them more money, like, what's the benefit on top of that? 
right? So one of the first blog posts that I, I published on the Freemius blog was why free plugins are bad for everyone. So th that was pretty drastical title. Uh, yes, especially in open source attention. WordPress, right? <laughs> yeah, especially for WordPress. Um, but the thing is, if you look, uh, it's paid premium plugins are really good for the ecosystem. And we can look on what's going on on the ecosystem. The most successful, the most popular WordPress products have a premium, have a freemium model or a premium model. Okay, whether it's Yoast SEO that have the best, uh, I wouldn't say the best, the, one of the most popular uh, plugins in WordPress. And the only reason they can sustain 6 million support, 6 million users uh, is because they have a big team to support it and continue maintaining the product, adding more features, moving fast. While if we go to the other extreme, when you have a sole developer that spends two hours of his spare time, uh, this developer can, I mean, his priorities can change and he can suddenly abandon the plugin. And we already seen this before that you have relatively popular plugins that install maybe in hundreds of thousands of websites suddenly have uh, security vulnerabilities, the plugins are abandoned. So for the long term, having some sort of financial uh, backup for the plugin shops is really important for everyone. Uh, for the plugin shops to continue building the stuff and also for the people in order to get continued support and maintenance for their products. So the customer, the user, the, the, the webmaster, they get better features, better support, and more longevity out of the group or the company that's supporting those products. I mean, it's certainly an interesting observation. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this shift and, and its effect on the ecosystem and open source in general. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back to cover those areas. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Book lovers and hundreds of compelling contemporary authors are heading to Miami for the 34th Annual Miami Book Fair, Friday, November 17th through Sunday, November 19th. See in person amazing authors, including Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Al Franken, Russell Banks, Michael Eric Dyson, Armistead Malpin, Angela J. Davis, Scott Turo, Walter Isaacson, and many more. The 34th Annual Miami Book Fair. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. 
Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on Cranberry.fm. All right, and welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Right before the break, we were talking with Vova Feldman of Freemius, and he was explaining, Vova, you were explaining that the subscription-based model uh, premium plugins are good for the ecosystem in some ways or in a lot of ways because it provides more revenue to the companies providing those solutions, which allows them to support it more, keep it more secure, and add features that uh, make it more valuable. And we see that the most popular plugins actually in the ecosystem, um, for the most part, fit this model. So what do you, what, what is the answer here though? Because the answer can't be that every WordPress plugin, um, doesn't have an open source kind of free version. Um, so, so how do you, how do you reconcile that? How do you think the community or rather how should companies providing these plugins and themes keep contributing to open source in meaningful ways, even though, uh, some of their, or maybe their core features must be behind a a paywall or subscription wall. How can they keep contributing to open source? Uh, so, First of all, there are the freemium plugins that, you know, as long as they're continuing to support and add more stuff, uh, even just, you know, fixing like security related stuff in their core plugin, it's already a big contribution. So uh, the thing is, software is always evolving. It's not static. WordPress always releasing new functions. The core is changing. And behind the scenes, there are only people. Uh, and not robots, and there's always bugs, whether we like it or not. Uh, so we can't. We have uh, to make sure that the plugins and themes are continuously uh, maintained and fixed, uh, adjusted to the new standards. So I'm not saying that every product in the open source need to be paid, and there are different models. Uh, but for example, a freemium model is something that is very compelling uh, to the open source community because usually you have about two to five percent of people who are kind of sponsoring the development for the rest of the 95 or 98 percent that don't have the money to pay for that and this is a win-win situation basically because they are usually um, small businesses or smbs that have money to pay for products and prefer to get priority support. They want their uh, the plugin developer, you know, to be there when they need it. So this is a kind of a, a win-win situation. So the trade-off is making these free features available in your open source plugin, you know, figuring out, I guess, where that line is for your premium features and then providing something that's useful and contributory to the community, but still allows you that path to collect revenue from those customers who want the advanced features or the advanced support, um, and basically use that to supplement the free features. You really, and of course, it's a bit of a lead funnel too, right? Releasing those free features and helping people out means that you're already in the door when they need that advanced support. So it's it's both community contributing and of course self-serving um which you know there's a good symbiosis there i guess so like 
we've talked what, about what, one more thing about that. One more yeah. thing about the freemium. So the trick in pricing, in good freemium pricing, is to try identify premium features that the people who need to use them actually have money to pay for them. And the free features are features, you know, that are targeted for for everyone. The people who have the money to pay or not. But if you manage to pinpoint those features that are, you know, specifically relevant for people that have the money, this is a great kind of solution. Uh, for example, e-commerce related add-ons. So this is the reason why most of WooCommerce extensions are paid because people have a store and they use those add-ons on top of the store. So they have money to pay for these add-ons. So differentiating between uh, you know, someone who's just kind of exploring or, or trying something out versus someone who needs a feature which helps them earn money and, and putting that as the, the wall or the... Uh, the premium version of your product, that's that's where you recommend to draw the line. Now, this is interesting because actually my next set of questions were, you know, I think around an area that you're definitely an expert at, and that is, you know, monetizing and commercializing WordPress solutions. And so I know you have a big bag of tricks uh, for plugin and theme developers to help them get the most out of the commercialization of their product. What are one or two of your favorite things? Like, you're, like everybody makes this mistake when they monetize to commercialize their product and if they just did this they, they'd be a little better what are, what are the one or two of those things for you Boba? so i think it, it's not only in commercial products but in general in wordpress and i talk a lot about this topic a lot is the first time user experience um, so many plugins and themes in the ecosystem you install them uh, and you don't know what's going on there you have no clue how to continue and how to use the product. It's just, you know, you get a notification, the default WordPress plugin was installed, uh, and that's it, basically. So user experience is super important, and I think that is the key in order to make a successful product in WordPress. Um, so you don't many plugin theme developers, maybe in themes it's kind of different, but at least plugin developers think that they need to reinvent the wheel and find, you know, super narrow niche in order to build a successful plugin business. But I believe that this is exactly the opposite and you need to go for mass market products. And if we look on the ecosystem, for example, we see that the most successful products are mass market solutions. So we have Ninja Forms, Gravity Forms, Contact Forms, all forms plugins. Okay, so you see the pattern. We have uh, W3 Total Caching, uh, Cache, Super Cache, uh, WP Rocket, it's all caching plugins. So both use cases are for mass market. Everyone needs them. And I, I can continue with this pattern in other verticals. So I actually believe that if you want to build uh, a larger plugin business, you need to focus on something that everyone doing the most boring plugins, okay? But you need to nail back to the user experience. You need to nail the first time user experience because the way uh, prospects or potential buyers and users uh, decide which plugin to use is very simple. They just, you know, Google or go to WordPress.org, install the first plugin, 
uh, if they get what what they need, okay, they will go with that because our our patient span is really low right now in the internet world, and we're just you know looking something that will suffice our needs, and we can move on. So if there's one thing I want to emphasize is the importance of first-time user experience and trying to make an immediate magic. Yeah, that's uh, funny because it's something. it's a funnel, right? That's that's their first kind of, and they may have never even read much about your plugin or your company, and them using it might actually be that first experience. So if the UX isn't good, then they're never going to get through using the freemium fe- or free free features, and then upgrading to your premium. So that's the top of the funnel, right? Give them that good user experience. So many plugins, you install it, and then nothing happens, or the onboarding experience when yep. you start using it is really ter- you know not very helpful. Now I know you know a lot about the other end too. When people go to uninstall or uh, cancel their services. I know that's another area you focus on in the Freemius platform. What are your tips on the back of the funnel when customers are about to cancel or stop using your technology? Right, so data is something that we don't have much in WordPress. Uh, And data is really important. So recently there have been a lot of discussions about trying to to add some user tracking into core, to start doing some data-driven development of WordPress instead of, you know, uh, basing the decisions on the project uh, team leads and things like that. But it's not happening. And it's really important when you're running a product, you need to have some sort of a feedback mechanism. So it's, it's a concept that's called the feedback loop. It's the fundamentals of product development, basically you you develop something, whether it's a feature in your product, um, you push it, you're supposed to measure some metrics and based on the results, you need to decide what to do next, whether it's improve that product or feature, uh, remove it because no one is using it, um, and so on. And the thing is, we don't have that in WordPress, so shifting back to user experience, the main reason, based on the data we collected from hundreds of plugins and themes, that the main reason that people uninstall products is because they install it and they have no clue what to do with that. Um, so trying to collect this feedback and get users to tell you why they uninstall the product is really crucial. So one thing that we do with Freemius is when the user click uh, deactivate, we ask them, they, they optionally can provide a feedback why they are deactivating, um, and we can collect that feedback. And later, um, the plugin developers and theme developers that are using Freemius can basically iterate their products and make them better. So you take it's like a almost like an exit intent pop up sort of sorts, right? Where the customer is uninstalling the plugin, and then you basically survey them at that point. Um, exactly. to understand why they're uninstalling so you can help improve the product. Now, you mentioned tracking, and you've also mentioned WordPress.org. There's a special caveat there, though. There's a reason why you know the WordPress community and plugin developers don't have a lot of tracking. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about the requirements of .org as it relates to tracking. You know, some people say tracking isn't allowed. Of course, that's not true. Um, but but there's some sure. caveats to that. Could you help explain that so you know people making plugins um, will understand what those implications are? 
Sure. So if you open the official WordPress.org guidelines, uh, you will find a section there that talks about something that, that called phoning home. Um, so plugins and themes are not allowed to send any data uh, from the website to any external server. And there is a good reason for that, okay? Because you wanna you, you want to avoid developers stealing data and doing some shady stuff, but you are allowed to do that uh, if you are uh, asking for the user's consent to do it uh, and making sure that you are showing them exactly what type of data is being collected before they opt in. So anyone wanting to implement this um, would essentially have customers have to ex accept essentially that that tracking is taking place. What if they don't accept it? Do they not install the plugin or do you deactivate that part? How does that work on the Freemius platform or just how do other people address that? Like what if they don't accept it? Can they just not install the plugin? Uh, so it depends on the type of plugin and depend depends on the experience you want to have as a plugin or theme developer. So, so there are plugins that are called in a WordPress terminology serviceware, uh, which is basically plugins that wrap a service on top of that. So in order for the service to work, there must be some connection to the service because that's by definition how it works. Um, and rating widget is one example for that. So we require the users to actually opt in and share the data with rating widget server, because otherwise the product can't really work. We need to create an account on the server. Um, plugins who are not serviceware, uh, it's up to their decision. You can require users or not. Most developers don't require because you still want the users to continue using your product um, and giving them the option to skip. If for some reason it's super crucial for you to collect that data, um, that's an option. So you can require to opt in. If not, the user will probably uninstall your product. Okay, that's interesting. So you mentioned earlier, and I'm a big believer in this uh, data-driven product development. And so, you know, you have uh, plugin and theme developers using your framework to get some of those insights into their businesses. What was the one of the, like? What's an interesting story that someone like changed the way their plugin worked based off of those insights? Um, do you have a like a clever story around that? Some uh, you don't have to give the course the name, but just kind of generally how people might use those insights to make their products better? Yeah, so we actually have a story that was publicly published on our blogs. So I can share it. Uh, so uh, NextGen Gallery, uh, the gallery plugin is using Freemius. And one of the insights that they gained is about the poor user experience they had. And they actually revamped the whole onboarding process and many things in their UI to make it clearer for users. Uh, and that was a big thing for them. That's a plugin that have millions of installations and they just didn't have this data before. So what was the impact of that? Like you improve that onboarding experience and then did, did that have like a material impact like support tickets? Um, did it help? you know, have customers upgrade because the onboarding experience was more easier, it was easier. What do you think the impact to that was? 
So we, we saw the impact immediately based on data. The uh, abandoned rages went down significantly. I remember the exact percentage. Uh, but we one of the things that we offered Freemius is tracking the uh, acquisition rate, the abandoned rate, and things like that uh, in a nice chart. So you can really see that visually, the change. So you can simply see that significantly less people deactivate and uninstalling the plugin, which is huge. Right, especially if you have an upsell model, right? <laughs> Trying to get those customers yep. in. And then, of course, SaaS on top of that. So our SaaS billing model on top of that, should I say. This is an interesting distinction we actually discussed before this call is this kind of tendency for people to refer to SaaS as subscription billing models. Um, what do you? How do you think... Um, plug-in developers and team developers uh, refer to that. Is is this is this sense of SaaS just kind of meaning subscription? Is, do you feel like that's common, or do you think people are charging subscription models where it's not SaaS based, where it's just the software itself, um, the plugin itself? Yeah. So, I mean, SaaS it's kind of a uh, a recent buzzword in a WordPress community recently. Uh, most Plugins and themes are not SaaS in WordPress. They're just plugins. And the terminology that we see uh, commonly used is automatic, sorry, it's recurring payments with automatic renewals. Um, and maybe like subscription becoming more mainstream, but SaaS is still considered to be a different thing, at least in WordPress. Yeah, fair enough. So we've talked about you know the past, how plugin and theme developers approach kind of like this uh, all-you-can-eat license and support model for one-time fee, um, the evolution of those tools and businesses in today's world. So what is your view of the future? Like, What do you think will change about the ecosystem, the companies providing the tools, and maybe the tools themselves? So one thing in terms of the business model that we are trying to kind of push developers to experiment with is practices from the outside world, not from WordPress. Um, things like charging monthly, even though it's not really a service behind the scene, just changing the business model into monthly segments. And the reason monthly, we believe monthly is good, first of all, we did surveys to ask customers whether they prefer to pay monthly or annually and people. So, so here's the question was, would you prefer to pay $120 a year or $10 a month for a plugin or a theme? And I think about 70% of the people, and specifically we ask consumers, people who are not product owners. So about 70% of the people prefer to pay monthly. And the reason it's good is because it allows allows customers um, to try the products without committing uh, in a high you know high stakes. I would say it's not really high, but in WordPress, hundred dollars apparently is a big number. So if you don't have the money, or you only need need to use a plugin or a theme for a very short period, it's possible for you if you do monthly payments to commit with only ten dollars. Um, if you only need a product for a short term, that's it. Okay, you stop. You use it for ten dollars. You won't ask for support anyway because it's a short period. Um, on the other hand, 
if you do plan to use it for more, you'll probably upgrade to the annual plan anyway because it gives you some discount, but you had the opportunity to try the product for a very low price. So this is something that we're trying to encourage more and more developers to do, try monthly. It's not, uh, it's probably not good for every type of product, uh, but it's definitely worth experimenting, experimenting with. Another thing that we are uh, trying to uh, push developers is do more uh, more trials, so offering free trials, paid trials, and we base all this stuff on data. So we did a lot of researches um, based on freemium plugin and theme developers. So once we push this data, um, push this sorry conclusions that are backed with data, it's really hard to you know to say oh there is no way it can work once we show the data. So in terms of the business model, I think we'll see more product owners shifting towards businesses um, that looks more like uh, businesses from outside WordPress. Awesome. Well, that's excellent, Vova. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Really, really interesting perspectives on the plugin and theme business. Um, Thank you again. Are you going to be making it to WordCamp US, Vova, or was WordCamp Europe your big WordCamp this year? Uh, no, I'll be in WordCamp US. Oh, okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, we'll look for you there, and thanks again for being on the show, and thanks everyone for listening to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. Don't forget we release new episodes every Tuesday. You can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. Again, I'm your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.